You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Today we're launching a brand new sermon series that I've entitled Get Smart. And it's not about a TV program or a movie. What it is, is about getting the wisdom of God. We're talking about wisdom. Somebody say, get wisdom. And that's what we're talking about. We're going to read from that in Proverbs 4 in just a few moments. I got to tell you a story. There's a story I heard that there was a, a minister, a royal ranger, and a professor with three doctorate degrees they were on a they were the only passengers on a small plane the pilot went back to the cabin and said that the plane was going down and there were only 3 parachutes for the 4 people on board the pilot said i'm taking one parachute because i have a wife and 3 children and he jumped out of the small airplane the professor with 3 degrees says i should have one of the parachutes because i am the smartest man in the world and everybody needs me. So he took, he just grabbed it and just jumped off the plane. So the minister looked at the royal ranger with a sad smile. And he says, you are young. I've lived a long life. And uh, you can go ahead and take the remaining parachute and I'll go down with the plane. The royal ranger, what a smart boy he was. He says, relax, pastor. We both will survive because the smartest man in the world just took my backpack and jumped off the plane. Uh, Does anybody know that intelligence and wisdom are two different things? Yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, Book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse number 5 says this. Get wisdom. Would you say that with me? Get wisdom. And it goes on to say this. Get inside and do not forget. And do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, for she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the privilege we have to be right here in your presence. We pray that your Holy Spirit will continue to flow in this place and minister as only the Holy Spirit can. Speak to us that we may not only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word as well. We pray your Holy Spirit's anointing on the teaching of your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray all this. Amen. You may be seated. Before we get into today's teaching, I want to thank you, church, for responding so generously to a couple of projects that went on this past week. First of all, we uh, many of you gave to Operation Christmas Child, and we flooded the uh, this stage with 110 blessings that we are blessing all around the world, children all around the world. We just want to say thank you and uh, what you're doing. Now these boxes are being shipped literally around the world to bless children with not only with the Christmas gifts, but also with the good news of Jesus Christ. Just want to say thank you. Also, many of you gave canned goods to join with us for the Eastside Outreach, His Bridge Builders. And yesterday we had a big crowd and uh, the gospel message was presented, and we partnered with a few other churches. We at Fortress Church provided canned goods 
canned food for um for for the big big event and we we blessed over a hundred families with thanksgiving meals right here you'll see pastor richard right he's sitting right over here he had the opportunity to pray with an individual leading them to faith in the lord and thank you brother richard and others who helped out at our east side outreach there you see one of the ladies from the neighborhood with the box in that box was a turkey uh one of the other churches were donating turkeys we have canned goods we provided canned goods pies i don't know who donated the pies but i'm going to check to see Maybe they have some left over for me. I don't know. But anyway, now I'm just joking. But we put it all together and we're able to bless over 100 families who otherwise may not have had a Thanksgiving meal for this Thursday. Just want to say thank you for all you do. Get wisdom. That's our theme today. Part one of our sermon series, Get Smart. Life is filled with decisions. Some decisions we make in life are menial and others are quite important. When you are in school, you make decisions like, what elective should I take? And then we make decisions, do I go to college? And if I do go to college, which college will I attend? And then once you do go to college, what is my major? And then like most college young people, they say, okay, after a year, what is my major now? Because there's always a change, right? And then a year later, okay, we change it again. Uh, decisions, decisions, decisions. What kind of car do I buy? Uh, what Do I go to graduate school? What career path should I pursue? Lord, I need wisdom. Where should I work? What city should I live in? Do I rent an apartment or buy a house? Lord, I need wisdom. Uh, who should I date? Who should I marry? Then when you're married, you ask, should we have kids? And if you decide to have kids, how many kids? And Then when your kids are in junior high, you ask questions like, can I trade my kids for someone else's kids? Is that possible? Ladies have to make decisions like, uh, uh, like, do I stay at home or do I work? Uh, Then there are spiritual decisions we've got to make. Should I be a follower of Jesus Christ? Should I be baptized? Do I go deeper in the Lord? Should I have my daily devotions? And do I attend church? Do I become a member of? of a church? Do I serve in the church? Do I, do I give? Do I tithe? Do I join a connect group? Lord, I need wisdom. We all need wisdom because sometimes, sometimes people do stupid things. Can I give you three examples of how some people can be stupid? I guess I can say that here, right? Here's the first one. Uh, ever, ever picked up a hitchhiker that's a longhorn? Okay. I mean, no, that's probably not a wise decision to put a longhorn on uh, on your car and, and give him or her a a ride. All right. The next the next dumb thing, uh, never put your head in the mouth of an alligator. How many know that's not a smart thing to do? Not a wise thing to do. But some people want to do that. All right. How about one more unwise decision? Smoking a cigarette while pumping gas. How many of you know that that's not a wise decision, huh? Okay, sometimes people do stupid things. Can we can we agree? But but that's not us, right? Anybody here want to be a wise individual and say, God, would you lead me to make wise decisions? Now, I know you're going to do any of those things, but how about life? Life is filled with decisions that we've that we've got to make and and so I looked up what Webster defined as wisdom. Let me give you the dictionary's definition of wisdom. Having the power of discerning and judging properly 
as to what is true or right, possessing discernment, judgment, or discretion. That's a pretty good Webster does okay, but I ran across a more uh, biblical definition of of, uh, wisdom, and that definition says this. Wisdom is seeing and responding to life from God's perspective. Anybody want to see life from God's perspective? An attitude and an action. Oh, I like that because uh, wisdom is more than just getting something in your head, but it's following through with what you do. Then the last statement, it says, it is a skill you can develop. And I love that last statement because for some of us that have made some stupid decisions in life, guess what? We can learn from them. Amen? And we don't have to repeat those dumb things any longer. So uh, so what I did, I put together my own simple definition of wisdom. I like to simplify things. So this is Randy's definition of wisdom. Here it is. Anointed common sense. Pretty simple. Anointed common sense. How many know we need anointed common sense? The late Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole said this, knowledge is is the acquiring of facts, understanding is the interpretation of facts, and wisdom is the application. Another wise man said this, knowledge is knowing how to pick your nose. Wisdom is knowing when to pick your nose. You're understanding the difference, huh? Okay. Many scriptures deal with this topic of wisdom, Proverbs, James. Today we're going to look at Ephesians. What does Paul say about wisdom? So we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter number 5. Begin with verse 21. Paul talks about wisdom and what wisdom looks like. Anybody want to know what does wisdom look like? Ephesians 5.15 says this. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. There's so much richness in this passage, and I want to take a few minutes to walk through these six principles that Paul teaches us in these verses on the topic of wisdom. It all starts off by saying, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. So what does wisdom look like? Number one, first and foremost, wisdom improves your time management. The first thing that Paul says here is look carefully how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Wisdom improves your time management. Sometimes we tend to waste time on things that we really don't need to deal with. Oftentimes, I hear people saying, oh, I wish there were more hours in a day. Well, actually, you know, if you really look at that, it's really not, we don't really need more hours in a day. We need to learn how to manage the 24 hours we do have in every day. That's called wisdom. Because oftentimes, if God were to say, okay, I'm going to give you now 27 hours every day, we'd probably waste those extra three hours doing something 
that probably is not, you know, not uh, productive or not, not, not wise. So I put together, this is my list of the top 10 time wasters. Can I give them to you so that you won't waste time? So the following 10 things that I'm going to list for you, don't do these things or else you're just going to waste time. Number 10, worrying. That's a, number, that's a, a big time waster. Worrying. How many know that worrying is not going to get you anywhere? Does worrying improve your health? No, in fact, it hurts your health. Does worrying improve the situation? No, you're just sitting there worrying. You're not really, nothing's really happening. Yeah, it's a time waster. Number nine, rehashing your past. Oh, if you just think about, oh, this is what happened to me 10 years ago. Oh, 14 years ago, this is what happened. And when your mind is constantly in your past, guess what happens? It's just a waste of time because you can't do anything about it. It happened, it happened. I mean, oh, it's time to move on. Number eight. Time, uh, time waster is playing the blame game. Something wrong happens, and we try to play the blame game. Oh, it's this person's fault, or that other person's fault, or this person's fault. You know, it's just a waste of time when really what we need to do is take responsibility for anything that we need to take responsibility for. Number seven, another time waster is playing the comparison game. Oh, that, that's a good one because oftentimes we compare ourselves with someone else. We compare our possessions, the job we have, the title we have, the, the car that we drive, the house that we live in, and we try to compare ourselves with other people. You're not going to win in the comparison game, so it's just a waste of time. Number six, here's a good one. Top 10 time wasters, complaining. Anybody knows anybody that complains, complain, complain, complain? It's just a waste of time. It's just a waste of time. Number five, time waster number five is being offended. We talked about that a few weeks ago, how individuals sometimes they love to pick up an offense. This person said something, and I'm offended. This person did something, and I'm offended. It's just a waste of time because as we learned a few weeks ago, it is the bait of Satan. Number four, what is a time waster? Trying to be a people pleaser. Just Give that up, okay? Because after all, our priorities should be to please who? To please the Lord, God Almighty. And you're not, it's just a waste of time trying to please people. Number three, believing the devil's lies. Believing the devil's lies. See, the more you believe his lies, it's just a, a time waster. When you dwell and think about what the devil is trying to tell you, we talked about this also a few weeks ago. The devil loves to play mind games with you and I, and he tries to convince us of things that are not true. And if we dwell in those things, it's just a waste of time. Number two, dwelling on the negatives. Dwelling on the negatives. I've told you this before, and I'll tell you this again. I don't get along well with negative people. There are some times that people and I rub shoulders with and I recognize, oh, this person's a negative person. They always want to see things from the negative point of view. And I don't get along with them because I don't want their negativity to rub off on me. Once again, they may, they may complain. They may say this or that. They're always taking a look at the downside of life. And the reason that's a waste of time is because when I read the Word of God, I see how wor the Word of God is words of life. It speaks life to me, not negatives. It speaks, it gives me a hope. 
and a future, not the negatives. So I would rather dwell on the Word of God, what God is saying to me, rather than the negatives of life. And number one, the number one time waster is this, living outside of God's will. Don't waste your time. Don't raise your hand on this question, but have you ever been there, living outside of God's will? Believe me, it, it doesn't work. You may have tried it. If you don't, if you haven't tried it, please don't try that one because it's just a waste of time. But if you're in the middle of God's will, God does some mighty fine things. So the first thing Paul says here in Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 is that wisdom improves your time management. Number two, what does wisdom also do? Reveals God's will for your life. So looking at verse 17 now of Ephesians 5, Paul says, therefore, Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. How many of you want to know God's will for your life? Let me see your hands. Amen. How many of you want to do God's will for your life? Amen. Hopefully it's the same amount of hands. Yes. Just this past Wednesday, we completed a 12-week series in our Wednesday Night Connect group called Experiencing God, Knowing and Doing the Will of God. And we learned a whole lot of great things based on the workbook by Henry Blackaby, by that title, Experiencing God. And we learned all about the will of God. And I do believe that that God has his will for us. All we need to do is pursue it. Here's one of the quotes from Henry Blackaby. He says this, There is a world of difference between knowing something to be true in your head and experiencing the reality in your life. I want to say that again. There is a world of difference between knowing something to be true in your head and experiencing the reality in your life. Once again, it's more than just knowledge, head knowledge, but how are we to live our lives? This is a great, great principle. Wisdom teaches us God's will for our lives. Number three, what else does wisdom do as we're looking at Ephesians 5? Wisdom leads you to live a spirit-filled life. I don't know if you know how what it's like to have the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. There's times that you're going somewhere and the Lord says, nope, don't go there, don't do that. And other times the Lord says, okay, I've opened up this door. How many of you know God has a way of opening doors that only he can open and closing doors that only he can close? If we would only be led by the Spirit, we would know which direction not to go and which direction to go. And God knows everything. God knows God has everything in his timing, and, and God puts everything together. Brother Juan and Sister Deb, I hope you mind me telling you, you guys were away for about two and a half years or so in, in the desert of Tucson, Arizona. But, uh, but you know, they said, we got to get back to San Antonio, right? Now they're back. They moved back to San Antonio, and they said, we got to be back at Fortress Church. Well, welcome back from the desert, and uh, welcome to the cold weather of San Antonio. <laughs> I'm teasing. But, you know, what, what happened is, I was talking to Brother Juan, it was like God was opening doors and God was closing doors. And th- this couple right here knew exactly, okay, this is what God is doing, then we're going to go through this open door. And God has a way of doing that. So if you want to know God's will, you got to be led by the Spirit and know what door God is opening and what door God is closing. This is wisdom. Paul says wisdom is being led by the, is, is a living a Spirit-filled life. So it says here in verse 18, speaking about this, leads you to a Spirit-filled life. Paul says it this way. 
and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. The word Spirit here is capitalized, referencing the Holy Spirit. Some people choose to be drunk with wine, he says. And whenever someone is drunk with wine, we often say they are under the influence. Anybody heard that statement? They are under the influence. The influence of what? The influence of the alcohol, which is, which is a drug. But how many of you know that it's quite different to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit? You have a choice. You're going to be either under the influence of alcohol or drug, or you can be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Paul is saying, let's be wise. Let's make some wise decisions, and let's be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That is wisdom. Number four, Paul says this, wisdom puts a song of praise in your heart. Wisdom puts a song of praise in your heart. This is what he says in verse 19. As we continue to look at this passage, he says, addressing one another with debates and arguments. No, 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 I didn't. That's not what it says. Just want to make sure you're reading it. He he says, addressing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. How many know that just being in the presence of God lifts up your spirit? Singing songs of praise lifts up your spirit. How many of you, a while ago during our worship time, your spirit was uplifted as you were worshiping the Lord? That's what the song of the Lord does. If you turn on the 10 o'clock news, is your spirit going to be uplifted? Probably not because you're going to hear a bunch of junk and things happening in our world and in our city, and you're probably going to, like I do, end up turning off the TV because, uh, man, there's a lot of stuff happening. My spirit is not uplifted. But you know what? My spirit is uplifted when I sing songs of praise. And this is what Paul is saying. Be wise. Because if you choose, if you choose to address each other and spend time with songs and hymns and spiritual songs, this is what's going to happen. He says that that's wise because your spirit will be uplifted. Number five, what, what else is Paul saying? He says wisdom displays an attitude of gratitude. That's what he's saying in verse 20. He says, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What an appropriate portion of Scripture for four days before Thanksgiving. Be wise. Give thanks. See, this is the opposite of one of the time wasters I just talked about, complaining. What is the opposite of complaining? Giving thanks. If you were to stop and think about all the things that God has done for you, you would realize, I am blessed. Anybody realize I am blessed? Anybody want to say, I am blessed? Maybe you want to say, thank you, Jesus. We have so much to be thankful for. And some of you may say, but but Pastor Andy, I'm going through a very difficult time. I understand that. One of the things that I've taught you before, and I hope you don't mind me repeating it from a a couple years ago when I shared this, is that, that here's a great life lesson. When you thank God for what he has done, that's called gratitude. But when you thank God for what he's going to do, that is faith. So we can thank God in both ways. Another principle that I've taught you a few years ago, and I'm going to repeat it right now, is a form of praise. There's many ways to praise the Lord. The Bible is filled with many Hebrew terminology. For example, the word zamar is a word that we praise the Lord musically. 
with stringed instruments. The word barak is we kneel before the Lord in worship. Uh, and the word uh, tehalah is the unending song of the Lord. And, and halal means we, we shout and boast hallelujah. All these are Hebrew words. One of them is is yada, which is the, the extended hand. Many times we want to lift our hands in praise. And one of those words that I want to dwell on is the word toda. Somebody say toda. And it's thanksgiving and praise. And, and toda is the lifting up of our hands to God. But we do it in this way. In the Hebrew tradition, it would not be with the palm like this. It would literally be with the palm cupped inward in this fashion. Different than the praise. Yada is, Lord, I praise you. I praise you for what you've done. I worship you for who you are. But the term toda is the uplifted hand with the hands cupped inward. Why? Because we're worshiping the Lord, but at the same time, we are preparing ourselves to receive the blessing that God is ready to give us. In other words, we, when we thank God for what he's done, it's called gratitude. But when we thank God for what he's going to do, it's called faith. What is he going to do? He's going to pour out his blessings. He's going to give us his favor. Are you ready to receive it? Are you ready to receive it? Perhaps you just want to uplift your hand with me right now and just with it, with it cupped inward to say, Lord, I praise you in thanksgiving, but I'm also ready to receive what you have for me. Maybe you've come into God's house with a particular need. Well, here it is, Lord, I worship you, but at the same time, I'm preparing myself to receive what you have for me. Lord, we thank you. We praise you, Lord. And for the things that are to come, we thank you for those as well. We believe that in faith. Amen. Amen. See, that's what Thanksgiving is all about. Hopefully, the conversation around the Thanksgiving dinner table this coming week will not be filled with complaining, but it will be filled with praise and thanksgiving to a God who takes care of us, a God who has brought us this far and will not let us go. Last of all, number six, what does Paul say about, about wisdom? He says, wisdom brings accountability to your life. He closes out this section by saying this in verse 21. He says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. He's talking about accountability. It's wise to be accountable. It's wise to, to, to be a member of a church because that brings accountability. It's wise to be part of a small group because there in a small group you can pray for each other. You can lift up each other. You can be accountable to each other. This is what Paul is saying. It is wise. This is a, a reflection of wisdom to bring accountability to us as followers of Jesus Christ. So sometimes I, I ask people, do you have an accountability partner? Do you have a prayer partner? It's wise to have one. I close by telling you the story of a young, young man who was trying to outsmart the wisest man in a the village. There was an older man who was known as the wisest man in the village. Everybody knew him, very smart, very, very wise. And it kind of irked this young man because he wanted to outsmart this old wise man. So he figured out a way to do it. He caught a bird, a small bird that was flying around, and he held this bird in his hand. And he figured, I'm going to walk up to this wise man with this bird in my hand, but I'm going to be covering up the bird. 
And I'm going to ask this wise man the question, is this bird that I'm holding in my hand, is this bird dead or alive? And if the wise man says the bird is alive, I will crush the bird, open my hand, and real and make the and, and it will prove that the wise man was wrong. I'm going to prove him wrong. But if the wise man says the bird is dead, I'm going to open my hands and let the bird fly away and once again prove the wise man wrong. He thought he had a foolproof method to fool the wise man. So he goes up to the wise man with a little bird in his hand and he says, Mr. Wise Man, everybody knows how wise you are. Would you tell me, would you be able to tell me this bird that I hold in my hand, is a bird dead or alive? The wise man looked at him, and he looked deep into the eyes of this young man, and he says, it is as you choose. It is as you choose. I think the wise man outsmarted the young boy, huh? He didn't know how to respond at that point. But the reason I like that story is because when we talk about wisdom today and how you live your life, it is how you choose. Can we choose wisdom? Would you stand with me right now? As we pray for wisdom, by the way, James chapter 1 talks about that, and we're going to jump into that next week. But we're going to make our declaration And I would love it if you would repeat after me as we prepare for a time of prayer. Lord God Almighty, your word says in James 1 that if I lack wisdom, I should ask of you. Today, Lord God, I ask you for wisdom. I'm asking you for anointed common sense. I want to make God-honoring choices. I desire to have godly wisdom in my marriage, my family, my finances, my health, my relationships, my career, my ministry, my time management, and my spiritual life. Give me clarity in mind and in heart to pursue your will, your way. Amen. So be it. If you believe that, give the Lord some praise right now. So be it, Lord. Yes. Would you bow your heads? Father, would you speak to us now? Lord, we've uh, studied some passages, more specifically Ephesians chapter 5, to learn what your word says about what wisdom looks like. And Lord, we want it to uh, permeate in our minds, in our hearts, in our souls, so that we would be men and women of wisdom. Thank you, Lord. Speak to us even now. My friend, With your head bowed and eyes closed, I ask you the question, is Jesus Lord of your life? Asking him to come into your heart is the wisest decision any of us could ever make. And if you've yet to make that decision, today's that day. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Say, I I want that relationship with the Lord. Amen. Others of you, perhaps you've made some dumb decisions in years past. Would you purpose that today is a day that all that those bad, stupid decisions are in your past, and from this day forward, you're going to live life based on godly wisdom. If that's your desire, would you lift up your hand right now? 
Amen. Amen. Let me put your hands down. There's others of you today that you've got a decision coming up. Maybe it's in your career. Maybe it's a financial decision. Maybe it's a relocation decision. Whatever it is. Maybe it's a relationship decision. Whatever it is. And you've got a decision. And, and, and the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. Would you follow God's will and God's purpose? If that is you, you've got a decision that you've got to make. And you are asking God today for his wisdom in this decision. Would you raise your hand? Because I believe God's going to give you wisdom. Amen. Amen. Let me put your hands down. This morning, we're going to open up these altars. There are prayer partners here at the front, to my right, to my left, and we would love the privilege of praying with you, praying over you, being in agreement with you. And today, we would love to lead you into the direction of making godly decisions. Others of you, maybe you want to come to the altar and just just come along the front here and just you, you and God, you want to get alone with God, that's perfectly fine as well. But you today you're purposing to live life with godly wisdom. There are four prayer points I'd like to point out just for a few minutes before we begin our time of prayer. That if you're looking for direction of how to pray, I want to kind of give you a little direction. Number one, thank God for the many blessings he has favored you with. Some of you say, oh, do I have to pray at least the Sunday before Thanksgiving, my friend? Can you just thank God for all that he's done? We should do that every day, by the way, right? But at least today. Number two, worship God for who he is. See, we thank God for what he's done. We worship him for who he is. Amen? We need to do both. And number three, ask God for wisdom. Just say, Lord, I need wisdom. I need wisdom. I don't want to make any dumb mistakes anymore. Number four, Pray specifically for all pressing decisions you are dealing with today. Just just say, Lord, I've got these decisions coming up. And be specific with God because I believe God is going to speak to you in specific ways. The altars are open. I invite you to come. I invite you to find a place of prayer. I don't want you to miss out on pursuing the wisdom of God.